0: Hello again and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, Musings by Pragnya. I'm Pragnya and welcome. (laughs) So while my previous episode was about COVID-19, I decided to keep things light and move on to something more fluffy and a friend had advised it as well. So... Right now, I'm going to do the review of the first season of Kingdom, which is a drama on Netflix. So basically, this is a crisp sageuk. Sageuk is basically a Korean drama which is based in a particular time period. So this is basically a period drama and it is very crisp. It consists of only six episodes as opposed to the usual 8 to 16 episodes of a normal Korean drama. And the narrative is excellent, there's no unnecessary love triangles, and the pursuit of power and all its raw nakedness is so beautifully portrayed in this. Oh yeah, and the main part? This is actually a zombie series. Yes, it is about the rise of the undead. So let's have a sneak peek into the story. The spoilers will come later, I promise. So, the crown prince in the Joseo era waits for his stepmom's permission to see his father, the king. The king is apparently so severely ill that the young queen has forbidden everyone from entering into his chambers except for medical people. And the rumors about the king's death are also floating across the kingdom. The crown prince unsuccessfully tries to enter the king's chamber and he fails in his task, obviously, because he's prevented by the queen's men. So he then decides to leave the palace in secret to meet the retired royal physician who was brought back to examine his father and he sets out for the retired physician's hometown incognito along with just one trusted bodyguard and that is where the story starts to unfold. While it is not clear exactly which century of Korean history portrays, it seems to be the late Joseo era, somewhere between 17th century to the mid-19th century. And um, the last episode, oh my god, was a major cliffhanger as well as a, it also revealed some major plot twists. <laughs> totally unexpected and completely different from the regular K-dramas that I'm so used to watching this is really good the drama is nail-biting yes I I do get the zombie reference of biting but yeah and the direction and narration is you know it's probably spoiled me forever because this is the best direction and narration that I have seen in any K-drama so far but there are several things that I noticed which I wanted to bring out, for the purpose of those who are listening to it, of course. So basically, there are several uh, things which do not add up. Firstly, they show that guns are being used, that is some sort of rifles are being used. But not everybody seems to have it and most people still seem to rely upon swords. In all the fight scenes and the guns are very similar to the European make the ones we read about in our history textbook wherein they had to bite the cartridge and then load it and then light it with some sort of uh, fuse and then it is launched so basically it it kind of seems to be similar to the guns which were there in the late 19th late 18th and the 19th century so the timing of the entire Sagyok this uh, Kingdom series seems to be a little off to me. However, the script shown in the series also portrays that they are using classical Chinese to write. Whereas by that time, if we go by say late 18th or early 19th century, by that time ideally Hangul, that is the Korean script, should have become more prominent in usage. And hence, the reliance on the classical Chinese by most of the characters and in public notices and seems to be more of a 16th century thing. And hence, it doesn't add up. There's another thing that there is a mention of a Japanese invasion three years prior to the setting of the series. However, if that was indeed the case, of course, there have been... mm, you know cases of marauding uh, groups here and there and i'm not particularly thorough with the uh, korean and japanese history however from my understanding it seems that japan had closed itself to the outside world till commodore matthew perry came and opened it to the rest of the world so it seems unlikely that they would have attacked in this particular time period as well so it's it's a little hazy, but then again, it's a work of fiction because there was no zombie outbreak. However, uh, it is an excellent series, that much I can tell you. Now I come to the review part of my uh, podcast. So the main angles of this show are, one, power play and intrigue, two, interplay of disease, famine and poverty and its effects on politics. The third is the role of healers and doctors in a pandemic. Fourth is, of course, infectious zombies. <laughs> There's a lot of violence and gore in this series and uh, it is rated 18 plus on Netflix. The series hits very hard. While the palace intrigue and the grisly politics are completely faithful to the other f- regular period dramas in Korea, The narration, screenplay, and the whole fashion in which the story pans out is eerily similar to the first season of Game of Thrones. Of course, sans the nudity and um, incest and other things because there is no such thing as sex scenes in K-dramas. However, I also found several similarities with the current corona situation that we are all facing right now and I have listed it out briefly first is that a formidable disease is spreading across the country which is kind of obvious here it's corona in the show it is infectious zombies i think zombies are a lot worse second is that there's a massive lockdown put in place to prevent uh, the infection from spreading further of course in the series it's basically to prevent the zombies from moving out thirdly shortages of food medicines and equipment In our world, equipment relates mostly to medical equipment, but in the series, it's more of uh, weapons and artillery and so on and so forth. Fourth is the potential for petty politics and blame game. That is similar, I think, in both the situations. And finally, the role of changing seasons on the epidemic. This I'll reveal in the spoiler part, don't worry. <laughs> so even here, we keep hearing about how the COVID situation is going to improve once the weather starts getting warmer and, and things like that. But let's hope that's the case. However, let's not you know pin our hopes entirely on that fact as well. And now I come to the spoilers. Of course, if you have not watched the first season, you can please switch off otherwise if you still want to go ahead please go ahead I have given a fair warning so the major plot twist one relates to the young Queen's pregnancy so basically why they have kept the King alive as a zombie is because the Queen is apparently expecting his child and the crown prince was born from a concubine and not from a royal princess so which means that if This lady, uh, this young queen gives birth to a boy. That boy will have higher right over the throne than the crown prince right now. And in the end, it is revealed that the queen was faking her pregnancy all along. Can you imagine the consequences of faking a pregnancy? It is leading to pandemic across the nation. So the king is basically patient zero. Second major plot twist is that zombies are not dispelled by sunlight. Throughout the first season, in the beginning, they keep showing us, till the last episode, they show us that every time the sun rises, the zombies just seek some dark, damp place to hide. And then they lay low till the sun sets. And then they come out again. However, the first season ends on a cliffhanger because after a night long wait to ambush these zombies, the crown prince and his allies find out that in fact these people are not affected by sunlight. So the discovery to aid the viewers is explained by the female physician who plays a major role throughout the entire series. So basically, uh, in the zombie out infection outbreak that happens, even the retired physician falls victim to it, and the only person from his uh, clinic who survives is this female physician who had the good sense not to, uh, you know, like to save herself from this entire pandemic situation. So, and she's also very smart and very clever, and hence. She is stuck in a different place, away from the crown prince and the others. She's stuck in the valley, uh, frozen valley, I think, yeah, that's what it was called, uh, where she's on the lookout for the flower, which causes this disease and and has the capacity to cure it as well. So she discovers the purple flower, but she also realizes that the zombies are there everywhere. And that is when she makes the connection that the zombies come out, whenever the temperature is low and since the season is changing from autumn to winter that is why they were not venturing out during the day but now that winter is setting in they don't mind venturing out in the day as well. This is where I found it a little weird because there are several scenes in which they show that the zombie was set on fire or catches fire but they still go around their own zombie business like it, it does not prevent them from you know going and biting other people they seem impervious to flame at least when they are in their zombie mode and the only way to get uh, kill them is to either set them on fire or to you know behead them so if that is the case then why do they not flee from fire? the only thing that the series tells us is that they flee from water they are more scared of water than they are of fire but the first two three scenes we see that uh, the zombies are actually wading through the water to uh, catch the boatmen who are there in the first city, so there are several discrepancies which I just do not understand. Of course, and there's also the added uh, mysteries to several characters, of course, I think that is uh, made to keep the series very interesting, they don't explain the backstory of the characters. There's one uh, Lord andion and uh, a young hunter, tiger hunter by the name of Yongshin, which is apparently a fake name and an assumed identity. But he's one of the bravest people the two of them are actually some of the bravest people in the show there's a lot of you know like things left unsaid and um, questions which are not answered hopefully the second season will make it clear i don't it seems that the series will not end at the second uh, after the second season and it is scheduled to go on beyond that as well so we need to see what happens thereafter and of course, there's also the plot twist when when I said the queen's pregnancy is fake. So she has rounded up several women who are all in their late stages of pregnancy so that she can just claim one of their babies as hers and proclaim that she's given birth to the crown prince. That is why she was so sure throughout the entire series. And there are a couple of... Uh, Scenes where she has to issue royal proclamations because the king is unwell and the crown prince has been accused of treason, so she becomes the queen regent and uh, she proclaims herself the queen regent and uh, issues several orders for which she has to go to court as someone who's probably well into their eighth or ninth month of pregnancy. I did think that you know this lady is walking and climbing way too many stairs way too easily and going about her business rather casually and even the other people around her don't seem to be particularly concerned which is odd since she is the queen. I knew I should have seen this coming but that's the thing about this series, everything is so logically thought out and crisp that every action, everything that is said or shown in the series has a meaning and even if you don't understand it or don't get what's happening You will understand it later. So that is the hope I am holding for the second season as well. So until then, see you guys. Hold on to your lives. We'll all come through this COVID situation together. Bye-bye.